Party every day, party every day, and I'm feeling 
Good morning. <laughs> I'm Brian Frist. I'm Joel Elisea. And I'm Henry Barmeyer. And we are the 2010 Class Day Chairs. <laughs> Distinguished guests, parents, alumni, faculty, trustees, friends, family, and of course, fellow graduates, it is my pleasure to welcome you all to the 2010 Class Day Ceremony. Just as we joined in storied Princeton traditions the last two days at Baccalaureate and the P-Raid, so do we now revel in another venerable ceremony. Class Day dates back to as early as 1856, and in 1898, it was described as a day over which the graduating class has full charge and which we run to suit ourselves in our characteristic way. Then, as now, we gather to reflect on our time in college, to celebrate outstanding achievements, to welcome honorary class members, and to share one more inspired and inspiring moment before we exit through Fitz Randolph Gate. Class of 2010, this is your party. And to get it started, I would like to introduce President Shirley Tillman. Good morning, class of 2010. I would like to begin by saying how pleased I am to be sharing this stage with my good friend Charlie Gibson of the truly great class of 1965. Although his greatest claim to fame is having served as news director of WPRB, he has also left his mark on ABC News as a correspondent, as co-host of Good Morning America, and until his retirement in December, as anchor of World News with Charles Gibson. He has served loyally and well for the last four years as a trustee of this university and is celebrating his 35th reunion this weekend. Charlie, thank you for joining us today. Now you, the members of the class of 2010, have left your own unique mark on Princeton. Four years ago, your class was the last to be given the choice of applying early to Princeton. This may well have been the last time you met an early deadline. There's more. Since then, you have perfected the fine art of procrastination. Most recently, during midterms, when you won for Princeton the distinction for having the most frequent visitors per capita to robot unicorn attack. 
just in the state of New Jersey, and not just in the U.S. of A., but on the entire planet. Really? Rainbows shooting out of unicorns? Really? And you have the nerve to blame Dean Malkiel for your grades. From Princeton FML, on which I learned that I am referred to as T-Dog, M-L-I-G, to Hulu, from YouTube to the slightly creepy Tiger Finder, you have found thousands of ways to ensure the time for quiet reflection was not part of your plan to finish your senior thesis. And the honors keep coming in. Thanks to your four years, Princeton now has the distinction of being the only university student government on President Jimmy Carter's list of organizations that require election monitoring. in the very good company of North Korea and Tajikistan. But while you were not procrastinating online and elsewhere, you were dazzling us on stages, thrilling us on athletic fields, donning light bulb hats to promote sustainability, donating your lawn party funds to local community service projects, and most importantly, growing emotionally and intellectually into educated citizens of this country and 40-odd other countries. And through it all, you were forming the deep friendships that we are celebrating at this moment, ties that will endure for the rest of your lives. They will bring you back to reunions again and again, until you have earned the right to ride in a golf cart in the P-Rade. And even if you are very lucky and eat your Wheaties, you may carry a silver-headed cane like the redoubtable Malcolm Warnock of the class of 1925, about to turn 105 years young who led the parade two days ago. So it's now my pleasure to invite your new class president, Mike Wang. Mike, if you could come up. <laughs> to accept the key to our campus. In addition to being impossible to lose, this key entitles all of you to participate fully in the life of our university community no matter what your future holds. Specifically, it will allow you, one, to visit your alma mater in person, online, or through the pages of the Princeton Alumni Weekly whenever you choose. Two, 
to join a global network of alumni associations, clubs, and committees, and play an active role in class affairs, and three, enjoy unfettered access to Princeton's endowment. You know there's more, but only to make deposits. I regret this caveat, but I think you will find it is more than offset by the satisfaction of helping to fulfill the dreams of students who will one day sit where you are sitting now. Mike, use this key often, and my warmest wishes to you all. For most of the year, he addressed us in bullet-pointed email missives. I now have the pleasure of introducing him live and in person, the president of the class of 2010 and our next speaker, Aditya Panda. Good morning, 2010. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who made it here on this beautiful Monday morning. Friends, parents, and especially my little cousins out in the audience. <laughs> a fun fact for everyone in the audience is that that little six-year-old girl was almost going to be our class day speaker. <laughs> but then she declined. I want to begin by asking the senior sitting in front of me to take a look at the person to their left. I, I know it's a bit of a corny request, but indulge me. Now take a look at the person sitting to your right. <laughs> this is an important exercise because if the trend continues, at this rate, at least one of the two people you just looked at will be nominated to the Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the occupation of choice for Princetonians of late. <laughs> now, I personally will be sad to see my friends leave to take on jobs, even if it is on the Supreme Court. Because to me, taking on an occupation seems to mark the end of a great era in our lives called college, when we all lived together in one place, all faced similar challenges, and all drank the same nasty beer. But commencement is called commencement for a reason. It represents the start of a new journey and not the end of our time at Princeton. Each year, reunions remind us that our friendships, rather than coming to an end, will continue to grow and to mature as we do. My one request to you is that as we pursue our own adventures, that we try not simply to maximize our incomes and statuses, as ambitious people are often prone to doing, but also to maximize our friendships. There are a lot of institutions in America that can teach you how to solve an equation or critically read a piece of literature, but I truly believe that Princeton shines in its ability to teach us about something much more important, the value of community and of friendship. So what is the value of such a community? For one, a, a community welcomes us and makes us feel at ease with ourselves. One cold February morning, I arrived out of breath slightly late to a small precept and took off my coat. In a moment of panic, I realized that in my haste, I'd forgotten to put on a shirt. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Now, I don't have six-pack abs. <laughs> yeah. At best, I have a one-pack flab. <laughs> but it is the sign of a good community that once the laughter died down, people I barely knew were willing to donate their shirts. <laughs> I've honestly never made friends so easily. Beyond accepting us, our communities also inspire us. I would, not, I would not have dreamt so big today had I not met some of the people sitting out here in front of me, people who've taught me the heights I can aspire to given conviction and drive. And finally, our communities are whom we turn to when we feel the bitter sting of failure. I've personally never bickered a club, but I've bickered jobs and I've been hosed. <laughs> I've bickered internships and I've been hosed. And I've bickered women and I've and I've really been hosed. <laughs> there is, unfortunately, no such thing as a sign-in girl. In tough moments, our families and our friends have been there to embrace us, to help us keep things in perspective, and to support us as we fiercely push forward next time. So I want to end by thanking the community that sits here in front of me. I want to thank my own parents, my sister, my uncles, aunts, and cousins. I also want to thank all the family and friends of the seniors here today for all their support. And I want to thank the faculty, administration, and staff for guiding us over the last four years. But finally, I want to thank you, the graduating seniors of the great class of 2010. I entered Princeton a shy, introverted nerd, and I'm probably still leaving a shy, introverted nerd. <laughs> but in the four years in between, I've had the chance to, to grow through classes, meals, and conversation with all of you. I'm looking forward to our reunions, to seeing the exciting things we do together with our brains and our hands. I can't wait to see how you will inspire your future friends in the ways you've inspired me. It's honestly been a pleasure and an honor to serve the great class of 2010, to which I will always be indebted. Good luck, Godspeed, and thank you. It is usually not a good sign to be called into the office of our next speaker, who serves as chair of the Discipline Committee. Today, however, her role is a much happier one. It is my honor to introduce the Dean of Undergraduate Students, Kathleen Dagnan, to present our first Class Day Awards. Good morning. It is customary during class day festivities to acknowledge the winner of the Moses Taylor Pine Honor Prize, awarded annually to that member of the senior class who has most clearly manifested scholarship, strength of character, and effective leadership in support of Princeton University. The Pine Prize, which is the highest honor that the university confers upon an undergraduate, was presented this year at Alumni Day to Connor Demon Yeoman. I ask that the class of 2010 acknowledge Connor's achievements with a round of applause.
the Alan Macy Dulles Class of 51 Service Award. An alumnus of the Class of 1951 generously endowed this award to honor his classmate, Alan Macy Dulles, who, seriously injured in the Korean War, set an example of selflessness and courage that are the spirit of this prize. The official description reads as follows. Presented each year to the senior whose activities while a Princeton student best represent or exemplify Princeton in the nation's service and in the service of all nations. The Alan Macy Dulles 51 Award is presented this year to Josh Green. Josh, Josh is a Woodrow Wilson School major from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. He is described by those who know him well as a courageous and generous person with a genuine, genuine and overriding commitment to social justice. His record of service and civic engagement is outstanding. Josh has served as an intern, helping to manage a farmer's market at the Food Trust of Philadelphia, a nonprofit organization dedicated to making nutritious food more accessible and affordable. He has been a volunteer at Springboard, a tutoring program for local youth at the Princeton Public Library, and has also served as a volunteer at an orphanage in West Africa. Josh has been particularly sensitive to the challenges faced by inner-city and low-income youth. He has channeled his concern into action by founding and directing a summer rowing program for drug-addicted youth aimed at teaching teamwork, discipline, and racial understanding. On campus, Josh has served as co-president of the Workers' Rights Organization, co-captain of the rugby team, and has worked as a sexual health educator at University Health Services. It is only fitting that you have elected him to serve for the next four years as young alumni trustee. Please join me once again in congratulating him. Douglas Service Award, established in 1969 by the Association of Black Collegians, is awarded annually to a senior who has exhibited courage, leadership, intellectual achievement, and a willingness to contribute unselfishly towards a deeper understanding of the experiences of racial minorities, and who, in so doing, reflects the tradition of service embodied in a Princeton education. This year's winner of the Frederick Douglass Award is Jessica Gamboa. <laughs> Jessica, a Woodrow Wilson School major from Brownsville, Texas, will also be receiving a certificate in Latino Studies. 
During her years at Princeton, she has been particularly interested in exploring the intersections of contemporary issues such as race, culture, social justice, and socioeconomic status. Jessica is not afraid to take risks and seizes opportunities to engage intellectually with her peers and with faculty and administrators, always in a thoughtful and constructive manner. As a founding member of the Latino Coalition, she played a leading role in urging the university to offer a program in Latino studies. As president of the Chicano Caucus and coordinator of LUNA, the peer mentoring program for Latino students, Jessica has organized numerous events for these organizations and for the campus community at large. In addition, she has reached out beyond our walls to serve the larger community as a volunteer tutor for the YWCA. She has held summer internships for the UN High Commissioner for Refugees and at the National Center for Refugees and Immigrant Children. Jessica's work in all these activities has consistently been characterized by an ability to think critically, communicate effectively about complex issues, and motivate others in the pursuit of positive change. Congratulations, Jessica, and thank you for all your contributions to Princeton. Harold Willis Dodds Award is an annual award established in 1957 to be given to the senior who best embodies the high example set by Harold Willis Dodds during his tenure as 15th president of Princeton University, particularly in the qualities of clear thinking, moral courage, a patient and judicious regard for the opinions of others, and a thoroughgoing devotion to the welfare of the university and to the life of the mind. This year's winner of the Harold Willis Dodds Award is Joelle Alisea. Joelle, who hails from New Hampshire, is majoring in politics and will receive a certificate in American Studies. He has been a strong and visible leader in the Whig Cleosophic Society and in that capacity helped organize a lecture by Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia. Joelle has served as publisher for the Princeton Tory and the American Foreign Policy Magazine and also founded Cornerstone, a political magazine that invites and publishes submissions from students across a wide political spectrum. Joelle has been an undergraduate fellow in the James Madison Program in American Ideals and Institutions and has been a member of the Anscombe Society, a student organization which promotes discussions on campus about issues of marriage and family. In addition to his debating and political activities, Joelle has served as a member of the Committee on Discipline for two years, and there he demonstrated his capacity to be fair-minded and a willingness to apply the university's rules in an even-handed and just manner, and always in a way that was respectful and principled. One of his professors said it best when he wrote, it is Joel's commitment to reason and discourse, respect for differing views, and empathy to his fellow men and women at Princeton that has led students of all political stripes to recognize his service to the entire community. Please join me in thanking and congratulating Joelle.
The next two awards are voted by you, the members of the senior class. The W. Sanderson Detweiler 1903 Prize is a silver bowl awarded annually to the senior who, in the judgment of the student's classmates, has done the most for the class. Founded in 1949 in memory of W. Sanderson Detweiler, class of 1902, by his sister, Mrs. Williams Gen Mrs. William Jennings Price. This year, the winner of the W. Sanderson Detweiler Prize is Aditya Panda. No surprise. Aditya, a computer science major from East Brunswick, New Jersey, has left his mark on Princeton in a variety of ways. He has been president of your class for the past year and a half, and prior to that, he served faithfully as class vice president, and before that, as your treasurer. Aditya has led a loyal corps of class officers who worked closely with him to promote class unity. Together, they planned and implemented a plentiful array of class activities, most recently a successful harbor cruise in New York City. Your senior week activities have been extraordinarily well organized and are an indication of the leadership and dedication Aditya has brought to the job. He has ordered sweatshirts, hauled hoagies, iced drinks, and sent countless emails, all in the hopes of engendering class spirit and improving campus life at Princeton. Much of the work of your class officers happens behind the scenes and goes very unrecognized. Planning pub nights, class formals, garden theater movies, putting up posters, sending emails, Aditya has done it all, not only without complaint, but with enthusiasm. In addition, he has been an active member with the Student Volunteers Council as a member of the executive board. He was also a treasurer of the publication Science and Society. Thank you, Aditya, for all your hard work and all you have contributed to your class and to the university. Congratulations and best wishes. The last prize is the Class of 1901 medal, awarded to the senior who, in the judgment of the student's classmate, has done the most for Princeton. Founded in 1920 by the Class of 1901, which in 1952 endowed it in perpetuity and stipulated that thereafter the medal be awarded in memory of its classmate, Walter E. Hope, who originated the prize. This year, the winner of the 1901 medal is Connor D. Yaman. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, Connor cannot be with us this morning, as he has left to begin work with the Korean public broadcasting system. But even in his absence, let me just take a moment to recount for you some of Connor's many contributions to Princeton. A psychology major from Chesterland, Ohio, Connor was elected president of the class of 2010, as you know, in his freshman year, a position he held until January of his junior year when he stepped down to become the president of the Undergraduate Student Government Association. 
Connor's many accomplishments as class president include initiating one of the largest single community service activities at Princeton, a partnership between your class and the Disability Awareness Campus Organization to host a conference for families with children who have Down syndrome. Connor helped with campus sustainability efforts by launching the compact fluorescent light bulb exchange, and he also created the Own What You Think campaign a initiative, a campaign against harmful online gossip sites. As USG president, Connor helped to revise the pass-fail policy, and when university budgets needed trimming in response to last year's economic downturn, Connor proposed the transfer of USG social fees to support community service organizations. In addition, Connor was a member of the Honor Committee, the Nassoons, the Princeton University Players, and also served as a member of the U Council. Again, one more time, please join me in a round of applause for Connor. It is now my pleasure to introduce our first student speaker, a French concentrator with a certificate in theater hailing from San Diego, California. I give you Becca Forsman. We're here. It's that time of year when as reliably as the clockwork of Shirley's Satan-powered weather machine, it occurs to you that Princeton life is like a redo of the Garden of Eden plus J.Crew loungewear. The Eden of Princeton occurs to you at 2 a.m. as you charge pizza to the magical card that gives you unrestricted access to six all-you-can-eat dining halls, ten convertible mansion-slash-food-court-slash-nightclubs, and unlimited credit at a castle-sized Quickie Mart featured in the opening montage of the TV series House. <laughs> the Eden of Princeton occurs to you as you stand in your dorm hallway, dripping and naked in your towel, waiting for the public safety officer, who looks like a nicer version of your grandfather, to unlock your door. The Eden of Princeton occurs to you as you attend a multicultural event with sitar-playing rock stars, moderate pyrotechnics, inexplicable funding from the classics department, free t-shirts, and aggressively distributed sacks of cattle, kettle corn the size of hefty toddlers. New Jersey is, after all, the garden state. The only thing we're missing here is a cheeky little serpent. But in January of my senior year, as my caller ID flashed, Mom, it also occurred to me that Princeton's version of Eden included the Fitzrandolph Gates. It occurred to me that most of my prelapsarian classmates would be walking out of those gates employed, or a Rhodes Scholar, or designing robots that fight AIDS and hug people. <laughs> Hello? Hi, Beck Beck, it's Mom. How are you? How's the search for next year going? Well, um... I, I, got, I got into the school in, in Paris. Ooh, what's it called? L'Ecole Jacques Lecoq. Le what? Cock. What? Cock, Mom. Cock. Oh, well, what do they teach? Clowning. What? 
clowning. I, I'm going to be a clown at the cock school. My application to L'Ecole Jacques Lecoq was inspired by the summer before senior year. Princeton decided that clowning classes were legitimate thesis research and, with an affectionate ruffle of my hair, funded a trip to, Fr to France to, with, to study with theater guru Philippe Gaulier. I just stuttered. Ha <laughs> um, Oh, papa. Okay. Um, I don't know what either I or Auntie Princeton was expecting, but the classes were like American Idol. Only all the competitors wore gaucho pants made of bamboo linen, and there was only one judge. Like Simon, only shorter, fatter, and French. With a, with a teaching method based loosely on Robespierre's reign of terror. Most days, he beat a small drum and made absurd demands, such as, And now... You pretend to be a washing machine. Wh what? I, I, you shut up with the talking! You do it! Uh. <laughs> hey, stop, 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 stop! You are washing machine of merde! As Philippe continued with his usual flood of slander, I considered escaping his class via defenestration. Instead, however, a wonderful thing happened. I abandoned all instincts of self-preservation and embraced my failure, unleashing my clown persona, the true me that I had been trying to suppress for years. Within seconds, I looked like a human version of the squirrel from Ice Age as it outruns a collapsing glacier. <laughs> Failure unlocked my potential and forced me to abandon the self I thought I should be and revel in the self I truly was, a cracked-out rodent girl, apocalyptically stressed out and possessed by an irrational desire to hoard things. <laughs> Princeton did much the same for all of us. Unlock... <laughs> yes... Unlocking our potential when they mailed that acceptance letter, then forcing us to confront failure as we tried not to look like well-educated pumpkins in our orange and black. Both Princeton and Philippe knew our shortcomings have to be acknowledged because failure reveals us to ourselves. Failure is not about the unsuccessful act. It's about the person you become after doing the worst impression of a washing machine known to man. At class day, we talk a lot about our moments of success, as well we should. It's been a joy to watch our friends pursue their geniuses of choice here and thrive. Concert pianists, walk-on varsity athletes, founders of humanitarian NGOs. We've celebrated our classmates wonderfully, ushering fellow thesis writers through their caffeine-induced hallucinations to the banks of the Woody Woo Fountain, where we have braved the urine-saturated waters alongside them, cheering wildly. But can we talk for a moment about the failures? Wait, I sense the Princeton website designers stamping their little cyberspace boots. Ooh, how are we going to salvage a marketable homepage video from this? <laughs> but, apparently they're German, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, but, let's do it anyway. 
We have congregated at an exceptionally high-powered institution, and instead of eating each other alive like laser-beam-headed mackerel, we have allowed each other to risk, stumble, break, pick ourselves up, and not be perfect. I look out at you, and I see people who were gentle enough to make a place for my failures when I could not. Every one of us has done that for a friend here. You listened to him. You spoke up for her. You got him help. You walked her home. This is the place we truly learned and taught each other to fail for real, to help, and to start again. But hold the violins. Let's be real, class of 2010. You thought your education was done? Guess what? We're all going to the graduate school of life next year. Hope you took your GRE and scored high and hardcore, because shock, awe, more pitfalls, and a job market run by dictatorial French midgets is just around the bend. But I feel like it's fine. Why? Think about your four years here, the workload and incertitude you overcame, the DMs you carpeed. Yep. The mental toughness you exercised. We straddled adolescence and adulthood gloriously, and we stand here today as man-children, girl-women, <laughs> capable of both tomfoolery and attempts at world domination with the help of TigerNet alumni services. My point? Our failures at Princeton have revealed the absurdity and freakish strength that is special to each one of us. So why should we try to stop failing after we fall from the Garden of Eden tomorrow? Why should we stop taking risks and surprising ourselves in favor of stability, of suitability, of saving face? Let's live tomorrow, next year, the rest of our lives with this in mind. The world is wide and the laughs are ours for the taking. Carpe Ridiculum! Here to present the Priscilla Glickman Memorial Prize for Service are Dave Brown, Director of the Student Volunteers Council, uh, and Director of Community House Marjorie Young. Good afternoon. Dave and I have a very tough act to follow, but we will do our best. I'm certain at some point, each one of us here has heard the popular quote, if you are not part of the solution, then you are part of the problem. In the last four years, the great class of 2010 has astounded all of us in their capacity to commit themselves to being part of the solution in Princeton, our nation, and around the world. Through many civic engagement initiatives, earned in, in, I'm sorry, internships and community service opportunities provided by the Pace Center, Hundreds and hundreds of you have participated in weekly projects, tutoring in Princeton and Trenton, teaching SAT and English as a second language classes, playing music for the elderly, and preparing meals for guests in soup kitchens. 
Other members of your class travel to communities across the country on civic action break trips in Interaction 2010. Some of you applied your skills to develop sustainability projects that will bring clean water to third world countries, while others of you have worked in summer internships with communities, nonprofits, NGOs, and government agencies around the world. You have developed and honed your skills as leaders, advocates, and citizens. You have worked to make an impact on issues like education, criminal justice, environment, energy, public health policy, and labor rights. You have given generously and have shared your time and your talents to make the world a better place. We are in awe and we salute your efforts. Give yourselves a round of applause. The Priscilla Glickman Class of 92 Memorial Prize is awarded to the senior who has displayed Priscilla's own traits of passion and creativity and service to others. This year's prize is awarded to Jennifer Newberry. <laughs> Doing very little to dispel the stereotype of redheads being, well, fiery. Chances are pretty good you have volunteered at some point in your Princeton life because Jenny inspired, willed, or something just short of intimidated you into action to get involved, to do what is right for someone else. I believe she has had that same exact effect on everyone who has ever known her. From the first time I met her, when she stormed into Murray Dodge saying we must allow her into the CA program despite its past deadline, and we did, to years later when she strolled into Murray Dodge with three young children, including a baby in her arms, from a shelter for abused and abandoned children, she and Steve Ross would sometimes bring them on campus to give them a little break from the shelter life and to inspire her fellow students to take a little break from the campus life and volunteer there, and they did. And for all the Camp Pals and Down Syndrome conferences and far too many things to list here in between, Jenny, you have spent your years at Princeton as if you heard your graduation day speech at the start. Be passionate about others and follow that passion with all the skill, intelligence, and humor you can bring to it. Congratulations. As you leave Princeton today, tomorrow, soon, we wish you farewell. We hope you will come back often to share with us the many ways that you will continue to build upon the civic engagement work that you have started here. Carry on the tradition of being part of the solution. Farewell. Here to present our athletic awards is the Director of Athletics, and member of the class of 1967, Gary Walters. Thank you. Good morning. I'm the director of uh, education through athletics, the sweatiest of the liberal arts at Princeton. Today we gather to celebrate the great class of 2010 and to honor the role the class of 2010 has played in preserving and advancing the storied tradition that is Princeton athletics. And oh, by the way, I do so 
knowing that two of Princeton's greatest fans, yes, Charles Gibson, class of five, and President Shirley Tillman, have my back. Thank you so much. Through the years, Princeton has been the premier athletic program in the Ivy League. President Tillman herself has stated, I always believe that Princeton is the gold standard when it comes to athletic achievement in an academic setting in the United States. President Tillman, the class of 2010, has indeed played its role as gold standard bearers. We previously honored our award winners at our annual Princeton Varsity Club Senior Awards Banquet, so in the interest of saving time, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of that celebratory event. In your four years, the class of 2010 combined to win 43 Ivy League championships. That is 13 more than the next highest total by a league school in the same time period. Again, in your four years, of the 38 Princeton teams, 24 won at least one Ivy League championship, and 29 competed in national championship competition. Two teams, the field hockey team and the women's cross country team, won the Ivy League championship all four years. Princeton had 25 of the 33 teams that compete in the Ivy League finish first or second this year alone, including 13 for 13 in the winter season. Princeton won the Ivy League's unofficial all-sports points championship each of your four years, thus extending Princeton's dominance in the Ivy League to 24 straight years. I repeat, 24 straight years years. Added up in the class of 2010 can take its rightful place in the outstanding tradition that is Princeton Athletics. Now for the award winners. The class of 1916 Cup is awarded to the varsity letter winner who, continuing in competition in his or her senior year, achieved at graduation the highest academic standing. It was given by the class of 1916 on the occasion of its 50th reunion. This year's winner is, is a physics major from Hong Kong, Lawrence Chuck of the men's heavyweight crew. Lawrence. Congratulations, Lawrence. Our next award, the Art Lane Award, named after one of Princeton's scholar-athlete icons, Art Lane, of the class of 1934, and winner of the Pine Prize, who captained the 1933 Princeton football team to the national championship, before going on to a distinguished career as a naval officer, a federal judge, and a corporate general counsel. The award is given to honor selfless contribution to sport and to society. This year we have four winners. Tina Bortz. Tina. Come on forward, Tina. A politics major and an all-Ivy League field hockey player on a team that won four Ivy championships and went to this year's NCAA Final Four. 
Tina Bortz. Aaron Clare. Aaron. A politics major who competes on our defending national championship white lightweight crew, Aaron Clare. Eric Plummer. An economics major, winner of the Spirit of Princeton Award, and the dominant Ivy League champion shot, put, shot putter in the Ivy League, Eric Plummer. And Riley Kiernan. A sociology major, also a Spirit of Princeton Award winner, and a key contributor on Princeton's fifth-ranked NCAA national cross-country team. Riley. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our 2010 Art Lane Award winners, Tina Bortz, Aaron Clare, Eric Plummer, and Riley Kiernan. Congratulations. <laughs> our next award is the William Winston Roper Trophy that goes annually to a Princeton senior male of high scholastic rank and the outstanding qualities of sportsmanship and general proficiency in athletics in honor of Princeton's famed football coach, Bill Roper. It has been awarded annually since 1936. This year we have three winners. Jack Leonard. Jack. An English major and captain of our defending national champion lightweight crew that will seek to defend its national title this weekend. Jack. Zane Kalemba. A sociology major, ice hockey goaltender, and 2009 candidate for the Hobie Baker Award that honors college hockey's top player he was also the ECAC and Ivy League Player of the Year in 2009, Zane Kalemba. And our third winner is Justin Frick. Justin can defy gravity, an English major of the men's track and field team, Justin is both an academic All-Ivy selection as well as an All-America high jumper. Frick has won the Ivy League championship in his event four times during his career. Justin Frick. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our Roper Award winners, Jack Leonard, Zane Kalemba, and Justin Frick. Congratulations. In our last award, the C. Otto von Kinbusch Award. Uh, the von Kinbusch Award is the highest female student-athlete award at Princeton. Von Kinbusch was the first major donor to endow women's athletics at Princeton. This year, we have two winners. Alicia Amazegger. Alicia. Alicia is a politics major and leader of the women's swimming team. Alicia Amazegger finished her career as a 13-time All-America, 
winner of all 12 individual Ivy League championship events that she swam in, and the four-time winner of the Ivy League's Outstanding Women, Women Swimmer Award. She finishes her career with eight individual records, seven Denunzio Pool records, and four relay school records. Alicia Amazegger. Our second winner is Liz Costello. Liz is a chemical engineering major, was the Ivy League cross-country champion all four years. She also led the cross-country team to four Ivy League titles and four NCAA appearances, including top five national team finishes her junior and senior year. Ladies and gentlemen, your 2010 Otto von Keenbush Award winners, Alicia Amazegger and Liz Costello. Congrats to all our Class Day honorees. Happy trails and go Tigers. I salute the great class of 2010. Thank you very much. It is my pleasure to introduce our second student speaker, a religion concentrator with a certificate in theater. From Roanoke, Virginia, Zach Zimmerman. When I got into Princeton, my mom warned me it was a liberalizing, heathenizing institution. But I haven't changed at all. I came here a conservative Southern Baptist carnivore, and tomorrow I'll graduate a feminist, vegetarian, atheist. <laughs> Surprise, Mom! <laughs> so while my family recovers from their collective heart attack, I'd like to turn my attention to another family I'm a part of. Class of 2010, in the words of Sister Sledge's 1979 R&B pop hit, We Are Family. Four years ago, we were all simultaneously birthed from the majestic womb of old Nassau during a very complicated but successful C-section. Waiting to greet us were our wide-eyed Princeton family. Crazy Uncle Dean Dunn, who has thankfully never asked anyone to pull his finger. Our older sister, Angela Hodgman, who come tomorrow will yell at us to get out of her rooms. Our estranged grandfather, Robert Bromfield, who harasses us by email even though we've never met him and there's a sneaking possibility he may not exist at all. And, of course, our two parents here at Princeton, Mama Malkiel and Mama Tillman. <laughs> They've been great parents, even though, to be frank, I'm still not ready to sit on Dean Malkiel's lap to learn about the birds and the bees. <laughs> even still, we are family, but not a traditional one. Instead of an allowance, we get grades. Instead of white picket fences, we have brown beer-soaked fences. Instead of our parents telling us we're not mature enough to take care of a puppy, our parents tell us we're not mature enough to take care of a puppy. Mom.
But what makes a group of people a family isn't how traditional they are, a mom, dad, 2.6 children. It's what's in their hearts. It's not hard to look around today and find someone near you that you love like a brother or sister. Some of us also have sex with each other. For the most part, though, it's a brother-sister thing. We are family just from Alabama. And like any family, there are problem children. The kids who are graduating today without jobs and with nothing but the beer jackets on their backs. I get to keep this, right? Okay. Yes, come tomorrow, I'll no longer have a grossly overpaid campus job where I distribute free cookies or pretend to look in backpacks. <laughs> Instead, my income will depend solely on reminding customers that, no sir, no sir, the tip is not included. I do wonder if Denny's will permit me to wear my beer jacket under my uniform. But even as I enter the world sans job, Princeton has given me the research skills to get ahead. Did you know that many retail coupons are redeemable for upwards of one twentieth of one cent? Did you know that most public restroom toilet paper dispensers can be easily pried open to steal a roll? Little known facts. Also, I'm saving $45 next year by leaving my reunions wristband on year-round. And of course, Princeton has encouraged me to think like an entrepreneur. That's why I've been selling shout-outs to my fellow classmates. So special thanks to Ben Laguna, Kevin Huang, Mary Marshall, Steve, Marcus Halcyon, Person, Jacob Kocher, Dave Holtz, Mice, Lastin, Andrew Kilberg, Kat Valencia, DT Pandia. You all owe me 20 bucks. But despite the lack of change in my pockets, siblings of the class of 2010, there is change in my heart. I can't use it to pay landlords or grocery store clerks, but I can cash it in for something. Goosebumps. Precious moments when you walk through the beautiful buildings of campus and your body tingles. Then you realize the goosebumps are actually the result of an allergic reaction to asbestos and radon poisoning. In the end, though, who needs money when you have family with money? My name is Zach Zimmerman. That's two Zs, a lot of Ms. I'll be the homeless guy with his beer jacket as shelter. Give me like a nickel or something. The great philosopher Stitch, in his seminal treatise Lilo and Stitch, writes the following. Ohana means family. Family means no one gets left behind are forgotten. Like Lilo and Stitch, we're not a typical family here. Some of us are cute Hawaiian girls and some are short, rat-like extraterrestrials. But even still, we're a family because we won't forget each other and how much we've changed each other. These past few days have been amazing. As our biological families and Princeton families collide in the, some of the most poignant juxtapositions ever. The founder of Amazon gives you life advice, then your aunt tells you about her most recent bridge game. You sing our beloved alma mater only seconds after belting out wanting a disco stick in your rear window. <laughs> a southern boy without a job speaks minutes before an accomplished journalist and Princeton trustee takes the stage. Hi, Charlie. Hi. <laughs> but, 
But how eclectic we are proves how strong our family is. We're all united by our love of Princeton and our ability to recognize those weird kites they wave around in the chapel that look like poorly pigmented octopi. <laughs> we love each other, even if it is a bad romance. That transition was brought to you by my love of Lady Gaga. Uh, and just to get real for a second, I'm not sure how people enjoyed life before Lady Gaga, but I'm glad I don't have to live in that world anymore. <laughs> my entire body, mind and soul, if there is one, are in the deepest debt to all of you. The people who have realized, helped me realize who I am and have welcomed me with open arms into the most loving family in the world. We are family a gayer sort with two moms and 1,200 kids, but we love each other nonetheless. A perfect family, a perfect 10. I thought it important to make that joke since the other two classes that can are dead. <laughs> to my family, I love you. To my family, I love you too. I can't wait to see you all at our family reunions. Each year, the graduating class extends honorary class memberships as a way of thanking those who have made our time at Princeton an amazing experience. To induct the first of six honorary members to the class of 2010, here again is Aditya Panda. It is my distinct pleasure to welcome to the stage Janet Dickerson as an honorary member of the class of 2010. In her role as Vice President for Campus Life, Dickerson has played a crucial role in supporting the variety of extracurricular activities and service opportunities that we've each pursued during our four years here. VP Dickerson has defined her position as one that is consistently inclusive of student input in important decision making. This year, Vice President Dickerson will be graduating from Princeton with us. And nothing could make me happier than to welcome her to the great class of 2010. Uh, my name is Michael Chu, and I'm the vice president of our class. Please join me in welcoming our next honorary class member, Mr. Mark Oresik. <laughs> On many days, other than today, people who make a big difference in our everyday lives go unrecognized. Mr. Oresik has made Princeton a better place for hundreds of students as a member of the university custodial staff for the past 10 years. In an environment where many of our role models are academic figures, 
we found ourselves learning from the exceptional responsibility and thoroughness that he has regularly demonstrated. Whatever we pursue in life, we hope to pursue with the same dedication that you have shown us and this university over the years. Please join us in welcoming Mr. Mark Aresic to the class of 2010. My name is Jake Dale, and I'm the senior class treasurer, and I'd like to invite uh, Jim Consoli up to the stage, please. Whether you've been here for years or only minutes, it's almost impossible not to notice the beauty of Princeton's campus. As the head grounds manager of Princeton's 2,300 acres for the past 20 years until his retirement this January, Jim Consoli is a major part of what makes that beauty possible. However, when he wasn't responding to the 24-7 demands of his work, Mr. Consoloy loved to share his passion for the plants and stones that make up Princeton's campus with others, particularly undergraduate students, both from this class and the many preceding it. He's immediately able to recount the history and purpose behind every plant and stone on these 2,300 acres, to the delight of many, and his regular arboreal tours of campus are a student favorite, giving us an intangible connection to our tangible home. Mr. James Consoloy, on behalf of my classmates, I'd like to congratulate you on a wonderful and very meaningful Princeton career and welcome you to the Princeton Class of 2010. Hi, Devin. Do you want to join me up here? <laughs> Fellow members of the great class of 2010, I am your senior class social chair, Jacob Kosher, and it is my great pleasure to introduce Devin Westman Smurden as one of your honorary class members. For the past three years, Devin has served as a program coordinator in the Office of the Dean of Undergraduate Students and worked hand-in-hand -hand with members of the senior class and the student body as a whole to improve the quality of campus life here at Princeton. From our arch sings to our sporting events and even the senior crews in New York City, which we will forever love her for. <laughs> Devin has celebrated our greatest accomplishments and managed to get us out of the worst jams. Her dedication to this university goes above and beyond that of most alumni. Devin gave her time and energy working directly with students to improve the day-to-day -day operations that governed our lives here at Princeton. And while her allegiances may lie with her beloved class of 2005, we hope that she won't mind stopping by the 2010 reunion tent once in a while to toast the great class of 2010. Devin, we wish you all the best as you continue your career serving students and are happy to give you a little something back before you too leave Old Nassau. Thank you and welcome to the class of 2010. Hello, I'm Jonathan Nussbaum. I'm the uh, 2010 class secretary, and it is my uh, distinct privilege to welcome Marjorie Young to the class of 2010. Uh, Marjorie's leadership and dedication as the director of Community House exemplifies the relationship between university and community that we all strive for. Her programs allow Princeton seniors 
to connect with people in the community and use their gifts to give back to community youth. More than that, she is a woman who can walk into a classroom of unruly middle schoolers and immediately demand their attention and respect. On a more personal note, she has been a mentor to me as both an educator and a leader, and I can think of no greater honor than to welcome Marjorie Young to the class of 2010. It is now my privilege to introduce our final honorary class member and our class day speaker, Charlie Gibson. Mr. Gibson, a member of the class of 1965, began his distinguished career in journalism right here at Princeton as news director of WPRB. After graduating, he rose from the role of reporter at a local ABC affiliate in Washington to become the network's top national anchor. Most notably, Mr. Gibson co-hosted Good Morning America for 20 years and then anchored World News from 2006 to 2009 when the show was the most watched evening news broadcast in the country. Mr. Gibson has reported on practically every major world event throughout our lifetime, from the Oklahoma City bombing of 1995 to the more recent presidential elections of 2008. Mr. Gibson also shares a special bond with our class. In 2006, when most of us arrived at Princeton as freshmen, Mr. Gibson became a member of the Board of Trustees. For the past four years, he has helped drive many significant improvements to campus life and academics, including the continued expansion and support of financial aid, even through the recent, uh, recent economic downturn, and the implementation of the four-year college system. Friends, family, members of the great class of 2010, Please join me in welcoming the journalist, the Princetonian, Mr. Charlie Gibson. Headline, May 18th, the Daily Princetonian. Gibson to be class day speaker. May 18th. <laughs> that was less than two weeks ago. <laughs> Quote from the article. This year's announcement comes unusually late. <laughs> you think? Further quote from the article. Neither the class president nor the class day co-chairs would comment on whether they originally planned to invite Gibson. <laughs> Folks, I didn't just get off the turnip boat. Of course they didn't. I remarked to a member of the administration that the invitation came to me so late that so many people must have said no <laughs> that it probably came down to me or Freddie the stock boy from University Supplies. <laughs> he reassured me on that point. But just as I was walking up here, 
Shirley handed me, I was going to say it was a secret source, but Shirley gave it to me, <laughs> the top 10 rejection letters sent to your class day chairs by people invited to speak here today. <laughs> Now, I, I'm reading this just along with you. I'm learning who they were, just as you learn. Number 10, Oprah Winfrey wrote, thank you for the 3,715th invitation I've received to speak at a graduation. Princeton has made the wait list. I didn't come up here to get booed, folks. I didn't. Number nine, Sarah Ferguson. I'll come for 40000 and throw in a meeting with my ex. <laughs> Jesse James? You invited Jesse James? Would love to come. Therapist won't let me be around a group that includes 600 women. <laughs> Number seven, Michelle Obama. Bad day for me. The rutabagas will be just coming up in my garden. James Gandolfini, forget about it. <laughs> Number five, Tiger Woods. <laughs> You're kidding, right? <laughs> Number four, Sarah Palin wrote, where's New Jersey? Can I see it from my backyard? Number three, uh-oh. Number three is from Freddie the Stock Boy. <laughs> Thanks, but in this economic climate, you don't want anyone associated with stocks. <laughs> Number two, Lindsay Lohan. She wrote in crayon. <laughs> Would love to show you my pretty new ankle bracelet but we'll have to stay in California. <laughs> and the number one rejection leader you received, and this is the real one, Will Farrell. In a letter dated May 2010, thank you for your letter of September 2009. I'm too busy being a real anchor man, get a fake one like Gibson. Now, I'm not hurt that I wasn't the first choice, or tenth. I'm used to this. Just this past Friday, the New York Times published a list of dorm rooms of famous people who attended Princeton. Was I mentioned? No. Michelle Obama, Bill Bradley, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Elena Kagan, Sonia Sotomayor, okay. But Elliot Spitzer? <laughs> and Lyle Menendez? Menendez is in a California prison for the rest of his life. No Gibson. For the record, 18 Middle Dodd, two years in 3A Campbell, and senior year in 6A Patton Tower. Now I feel a whole lot better. 
One of my favorite quotes is attributed to Charles Eliot, a great past president of Harvard. He was asked why Harvard is such a great repository of knowledge, and he replied, Madam, it is because our freshmen arrive here with so much of it, and our seniors leave with so little. <laughs> Need I point out, you are seniors leaving Princeton. But you are all, class of 2010, young people of privilege. Whether you come from a family of considerable means or whether you come from the mean streets of an inner city, by nature of the fact you attended this university, you are young people of privilege. Do not waste that. Do not reject that. Use it. Because you're smart, and yes, because you attended this institution, you are going to have opportunities in life to matter. And above all, I want for all of you to matter. That doesn't mean people have to know who you are. We live in a world that is obsessed by fame, and I've had a little bit of that. Not according to the New York Times, but I've had a little bit of it. <laughs> and I can tell you that, in the long run, is not what matters. It's being a force in your community. It's being a great teacher or coach. It's ministering to patients or to a congregation. It's being a great parent. It's having a positive effect on others, and it's standing for something. These past four years have been a critical juncture in your life, for it's unlikely ever again that you'll have four years to think, not just to learn, not just to research, but to think. And I hope you've spent time thinking about what do I want to be, not in terms of a career, but as a human being. It is old-fashioned, but I will tell you there are real ethical imperatives in this life, compassion, honesty, fairness, trustworthiness, a respect for others. My favorite frontispiece to a book came in one written by a giant in my profession, and it said simply, I'd know, that's who'd know. In other words, if you don't possess those basic qualities, no one will know it better than you do yourself. And if you don't admire yourself as a person, frankly, in the long run, you won't matter. We live in an age when oil company executives build rigs knowing they can't plug their underwater wells if a catastrophe occurs. We live in a time when home run hitters suddenly bulk up and wonder why we question their prowess. Where coal companies look at fines for safety violations as costs of doing business. Where executives of giant companies cook the books, virtually destroy their companies, and then take huge year-end bonuses. And this is an age still where cigarette companies continue to sell a product that they know kills people. As you leave here, you need to know what you stand for, because out there the choices are not going to be easy. You will find times when you'll be asked to choose between expediency and your values, between what you know is right and responsible and what your company or firm or network or whomever you work for may need at the moment to get a leg up on the competition. A wise producer in my business once told me when I was asked to put something in an on-air piece that I knew was simply self-serving to my company. He said, know what your quitting issues are, but most important, have quitting issues, because if you don't, you're not worth a damn. So I ask you to be involved, and that includes caring about my profession. Know the difference between what is important news and what is not. And just to be clear, what is going on with Tiger Woods or Britney Spears or LeBron James is not. Oh, it's interesting, and I'm dying to know what LeBron is going to do just like you do. <laughs> but read the front page first. Watch the evening news. Don't watch the entertainment news. 
ABC or CNN or Politico or NYTimes.com is a heck of a lot more important than TMZ or Gawker, or even, dare I say, Facebook or Twitter. And please, when you come to the news, look for objectivity. It is less and less in fashion these days, and it's not easy to achieve. But don't just listen to media voices that reflect your point of view. Open yourself to the views of others and hold the media accountable. When an announcer says it's a report that you have to see, you probably don't. When an anchor says shocking details, they probably aren't. And when a network says it's fair and balanced, it probably isn't. You've got some basic issues to face in this country. We and my generation are not facing them, and you're going to have to. We're going to need to make basic sacrifices in this country, and no one in our society today seems willing to sacrifice. What can we realistically afford as a country, and more importantly, not afford? How do we change the way we deliver health care to affect savings? And what are we going to do if that means rationing? What are we as a people in terms of our immigration policy? How do we encourage growth in business and industry and not cook our planet any further? And how do we protect against terrorism without sacrificing our ideals? We don't seem to be willing to face those questions head on in my generation. Your generation is going to have to. So as I look at you out there, several things occur to me. First of all, that you're so young. You have so much time to make your choices and to tell your stories. It's 45 years since I graduated Shirley, but she wasn't a math major. <laughs> the second thing that occurs to me is the diversity that is so manifest in your faces. That was not true when I graduated 45 years ago, but it makes Princeton so much a better place. The other thing that occurs to me as I look out at you is you got screwed if you're sitting in the sun. <laughs> it's a heck of a lot nicer if there's a breeze. The other thing that occurs to me, and it occurred to me as I was watching the chorus yesterday sing at baccalaureate, there is so much talent among you. Each of you have individual talents. That chorus was beautiful to listen to. Each of you have your individual gifts, and I hope you have a great time developing them in future years. And the other thing when I look at you is I transpose the faces of my class onto you as we sat in front of Nassau Hall 45 years ago. And I was so happy to be there. There was a feeling in my heart that I didn't know how to express. I was a terrible student. And I never heard the feelings that I felt expressed until Bill Cosby a few years ago said when he sat at graduation at Temple. He said, I was sitting there among the summa cum laude, the magna cum laude, the cum laude, and I'm sitting there just thinking, thank God, Lottie, that I'm here. <laughs> we didn't have email in those days, but I was checking the bulletin board right up till that morning to check that I was going to get my diploma. The last thing. I expected 45 years ago, sitting on the lawn in front of Nassau Hall, was that I would be ever up in front addressing a senior class at Princeton. One other thing, I know you've all been solicited to give to Princeton, 
and a magnificent percentage of you have done so, close to 90%. You will be solicited again in your life to give to Princeton. Do it. Do it throughout your lifetime. It's important. I mentioned you all by nature of having attended this institution are young people of privilege. This institution has given you a giant leg up on life, and all of you graduate without debt because past generations of Princetonians have afforded you that privilege. They and They and we care about you. And you now owe it to future generations who will come here to make sure that they have the opportunity for an education just as extraordinary, maybe even more so, as you have enjoyed. You have the firm foundation of a good education. As of tomorrow, you will be graduates of Princeton University. And that means a lot. Forty-five years ago, I'm embarrassed to admit, I didn't come to my class day. I couldn't stand the thought that these four years were ending. And I didn't want my association with Princeton to end. I'll let you in on a secret. It doesn't have to. You have an open invitation for a lifelong love affair with your college. I have had one, and I hope you will too. And I thank you for asking me to come here to speak, and I thank all of those who turned you down so that I might. <laughs> Mr. Gibson, on behalf of our class, I want to thank you for sharing your time and wisdom with us today. It gives us great pleasure to welcome you to our class. We interrupt this program to bring you one last bullet-pointed missive. Bullet point one. After the ceremony, each senior may pick up five boxed lunches on Alexander Beach. Bullet point two. You may also pick up wristbands for tonight's prom at the station between Wig and Clio Halls until 3 p.m. this afternoon. So to review. Box lunches, Alexander Beach, prom wristbands, wig and Clio. <laughs> the next part of our program cannot be bullet pointed. We invite all with us today to join in the singing of Old Nassau.
one accord rejoice in praise of old Nassau. In praise of old Nassau we sing hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. Our hearts will give while we shall live three cheers for old This day is supposed to be a celebration of our class, but to celebrate our class is to celebrate all who have supported us. To our friends, professors, administrators, and most importantly, to our parents. We love you and thank you. Our class day ceremony is now concluded, but the bonds that have brought us to this day endure. Thank you again, and let's make tonight's party one to remember. Drums and kicks. Now Conway is in the mix.